0: What the footy? What the footy, What the footy? What the footy? knew some other guys liked me, but I didn't know it was to that Imagine extent. Being a kid in primary school, now it's <laughs> a awesome. powerful people, and I think they need to recognise that. But then also, they need to be represented the right Sporting way. Sport in general is nothing without fans. Uh, based on you know one single source of revenue alone, that being that <laughs> in the TV. Let's just win this to appease the fans. Welcome to the What The Footy podcast, the podcast that takes football fans behind the scenes. I'm joined today with Matthew McDermott. Matthew is one of the leading kit designers within his space. He's worked with likes of New Balance and Umbro, working on kits for teams like Verde Bremen to Liverpool to, to Bournemouth. And I just thought it would be great to obviously get Matthew on here, seeing as football kits are a big part of the game in terms of us singing plays, wearing kits. In terms of us growing up and idolising, wanting to get kits. And over the last couple of years, we've seen a big sort of push behind um, almost football and, and fashion almost crossing over. So, um, so it's great to have you here, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for that um, introduction. I think uh, you're bigging me up a bit too much, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate. I appreciate it anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's great great to be here. And- just to have a chat about football, which you know I'm always happy to do. So, so yeah.
0: No, Stay definitely. Yeah. So um, the first thing we've just introduced, obviously, into um, the new season, is an element called uh, "What the Foot Are You Lying For?" Why lying for? Which is basically a glorified <laughs> version of Two Truths, One Lie." So, um, so Matthew, take take me away with your two truths, one lie. I'm gonna guess uh, the answers to them and towards the end of the episode, we'll reveal the answers and uh, see, see what the points tally is looking like.
1: Okay, great. Um, do you want to go ahead, now, then, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, my first uh, one is I played football with uh, Real Fernand, Wayne Rooney, Fernando Torres, and Joe Cole on a Nike advert. Wow. Uh, um. My next one is um, the first design that I ever did um, when I first started New Balance um, was worn by Sevilla in the Copa del Rey final against the likes of Mesa and Co for Barcelona. Um, And my last one um, is that I had a one-to-one meeting with Jurgen Klopp to uh, discuss future designs um, for training and kit. So there's there's my
0: three options oh those those are some good some good ones there i'm going to say i believe that Sevilla are with new balance i believe so so i'm going to say that's a truth yeah. um your first design was worn by Sevilla um yeah. obviously new balance worked with Jurgen Klopp and as we're going to go into the episode i want to speak about obviously the influence that players and managers and and, uh, the club have on kit so I'm going to say the one-to-one meeting with Jurgen Klopp I'm going to say that is a truth and I'm going to say the lie is you played football in an advert with Rio Ferdinand Wayne Rooney and all those amazing players that you
1: mentioned yeah okay interesting
0: (laughs) oh (laughs) trying to double bluff me over there yeah
1: I mean you know yeah. you're not far off, or you know, you could be could be right, could be not. You
0: know what I mean? So we'll uh, reveal the answers to that in, in the end of the episode, but but let's let's get into it because as I obviously mentioned at the start, the reason why I wanted to get you on um uh, Matthew is because we've almost seen a sort of football fashion space explode over the yeah, last yeah. couple of years. Whether you want to look at the, the PSG and Jordan collaborations, this this obviously um generating huge amounts of sales for PSG and almost putting them on the map globally as is a, is a big yeah. brand in the game. But the first thing I wanted to sort of go into in this sort of three-part segment is the whole idea from from brief to shop floor because my my first job actually at 16 was working in the Arsenal store. So I actually worked, worked yeah. with the kits, sold the kits, sold yeah. kits to even legends like Nigel Winterburn and, 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 and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So. Just sort of take me through that journey of, of brief to shop floor and what's involved with new clubs, obviously right now we see new kits coming out and some amazing kits by the way like the Ajax one uh, that's yeah. just come out recently so what's involved in that process of designing a kit for, for a club like Liverpool for instance?
1: I mean a lot of it um, starts sort of obviously right at the beginning where you determine your direction for that season yeah. Um, so you so you come up with and I mean every every brand is different but you come up with like a, a design ethos that you work around so so that'll be a direction in terms of graphics a direction in terms of um, the DNA of the kit whether it be you ha- you're just having one look um, for every kit or you're having three or four different looks so it, I mean a good example of that is um, Nike use, uh, the same t- template a lot uh, across every club that they have um whereas umbro for instance have maybe four or five maybe mm. more different templates that they use across different uh, across their clubs um so you know they they have more bespoke feel um so their designs um, so it all starts around that really and then you know you create a big presentation and you present that um to you know the directors of football or your manager your design manager, etc um and then from there really it's 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 probably um a long process in terms of you normally start thinking about mm. a season two years in advance um, that's that's
0: that's that's quite interesting sorry to just cut you in there because you sort of mentioned quite quite a lot there in terms of obviously you, you were just saying there that you start that process sort of two years before and you mentioned about having templates and using that across the board and just linking into that the whole idea of we've almost seen retro kits almost become become a big thing again like whether it's Arsenal's recent Bruce Banana, uh, kit, How, how is that sort of stuff playing a role and you mentioned speaking of directors and stuff like that Who's really driving that push towards retro uh, coming back again? Is it is it um, the templates coming through from the guys at New Balance or Nike or these different designers? Is it, is it the club? Is it who, who's really driving that that sort of trend? I mean, it's it's sort of a, a bit of everything. I think the main thing is the fan, um,
1: and the past like maybe well a couple of years, uh, especially when the World Cup was on um, not long ago um retro kits were were worn by a lot of young young uh, lads um, around the ages of say like 18 to 30 um and you didn't really see a a lot of um you know new new styles or anything like that it was more oh you know these sort of resonate with the old kits because maybe they're a bit more fashionable and it's all about trend and everything as well and you know the retro luck is very much in trend still and you know uh, brands will will try and capitalize on that so like i said you've mm. got um adidas who um are using the Brisbane banana and arsenal um i know Umbro um try and do a lot around their nine their 90s sort of catalog um, and use a lot of that to sort of influence um, their designs going forward for for the current season or you know seasons in the future um, a lot of it is is based around sort of what the brand are willing to do, and then also you you get like um, clubs who who are somewhere more traditional. Um, mm-hmm. For instance, Liverpool very much like looking back on what they've done in the past. Um, as you can see, it, the kit at the minute um, they're in the pinstripe, and that is influenced by one of the kits in the nineties or eighties. So, um, and you know you can easily sort of go back through. Um, kit designs and sort of see where influences have come from Um, but again it's it's all about um, the trend really and what people are wearing and what people want to see and then but also you've also got to predict that trend so if you if you're working two years in advance then obviously you know you've got to be quite on top of you know what people want Um, and you know from that you sort of you need to go out and do a bit, bit of research, go to sort of um, fashion shows and, you know, or if it's like you're being influenced by artists or music or, you know, whatever it is, I think every brand has their own different influences. Um, so, so yeah, it's just, it's basically around the consumer and what, and what they want. Um, but a lot of brands do prioritise, and a lot of brands and clubs, sorry, do prioritise, you know, the past and bringing it back and making it more modern um for like for what we want to wear now um whether that's like in terms of the fit um the construction or whatever but the graphic itself would be the more
0: you know the 90s influenced no that's that's really that's that's really fascinating And, and, and sorry just to interject there um i think the point that you mentioned about the sort of vintage and retro style fit coming back. I think it, it definitely resonates a lot. Like last summer, I was at the the Nations League, watching England, and uh, I was oh, I yeah. was sport I was sporting the '98 World Cup kit, and yeah. uh, my friend was sporting the uh, the Euro '96 kit, which which almost really just points to the fact that that these 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 things are really coming back, and um, just yeah. just on just on kits in general. I've I've almost got got something to really position to you because obviously you're you're involved in obviously the design the look and the feel and having yeah. obviously worked at worked at Arsenal uh, all those years ago working on the kits a big shift that we've really seen is in terms of I'm a bit of a traditionalist and I loved um, obviously having the embroidered badges on there but what you're seeing now is a lot of the the sort of plastic overlay of the badge on the yeah. kits what's what's your view in terms of are you a uh, are you more of an embroidered guy Are you more of a the plastic guy in terms of the sleeves as well like i can't remember we ran out of i think it was the the short sleeve home kit at arsenal i'm talking to yeah. Nigel winterbury like, there's no way I'm buying a long sleeve kit <laughs> so um, are, are you are, are you a short sleeve long sleeve kind of guy are you a, are you a embroidered badge kind of guy or not are you a name on the back or not name at the back because these these are big debates that people are having every time they are they're looking yeah. to invest in kids. I mean, to be honest, I'm more
1: like, I, I like to sort of do things a bit differently for the future in terms of like embroidery, embroidery badges and things. They're not really for me. Um, I like mm. something that has a bit, bit more detail and is probably a bit bit more different. Um, but then just going back to the point that you made that obviously you've seen a lot of like, so say, silicon, um, silicon badges and things like that on kits a lot of it is for like the lightweight for it to be lightweight as well um but you see them sort of badges on on playing kits in in like in terms of like instead of um fan fan replica kits um because a lot of the fans for some reason really like the embroidery and think it's um you know we think it sort of represents wealth and you know, and makes it a bit more expensive in a way as well. Um, and going going back to Liverpool again, a lot of that was, you know, Liverpool club itself always wanted embroidered badges because they always thought that was that was the best thing to have. When really, probably you, you won't get as much definition out of out of the actual quality of it in terms of when you would if you had like a a silicon heat transfer or you know something that's a bit more, you know. I'd say like sexy or whatever you know it's it's a bit more interesting to look at and a bit more like a bit better to feel and things like that um but i think like, everyone's everyone's different really and um i've i've never been really the one to sort of in terms of replicate kits i've never really mm. had my name on the back i think when i was younger i used to get yeah. um, my own, my own name because mm. i i mean i remember one year i got canton on the back and then he left um, and then I think a season later I got um, Dwight York on the back and, and then he left so I felt like you know whoever I put on I'm just gonna jinx it
0: so oh mate so tell anyway. me about it I <laughs> thought, I feel thought, I thought like I'm the jinx because growing up I used to have like Van Persie, Fabregas, Thierry Henry and yeah, like yeah. Patrick Vieira and it's like like, I, I just obviously I think as a, I think as a kid I think yeah definitely get it. But I think as you get older just just keep it playing really. Yeah, you should put David Louise on the back. <laughs> that's 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 a really that's a really good shout to be fair. But just, just 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 going back to what you were saying regarding obviously the retro and the World Cup because I think a big thing we've really seen and I think PSG have been the real pioneers behind it and obviously having worked where I was working in Arsenal all those years ago. There's, there's almost been yeah. a big push not only to just kits becoming streetwear and fashionable but to the training tops to the track suits that are produced that the players wear when training and on match days and stuff like that and it's almost been yeah. a case whereby before back in i'd say uh pre mid 2000s was all a case of getting a big name player to sell the shirts but now what we're actually seeing is the shirt is just selling the shirt itself because the shirt is good so you could literally yes. have a team playing in any random league in Europe if they've got a really, really cool six sleek kit. People will wear it on the street. People will wear it to parties, to raves. People will wear it everywhere. And I just wanted to know, what do you believe has been the real driver, and the real push uh, behind this, this sort of, um, this, this sort of movement? I mean, to be honest, I don't think it's,
1: I don't think it's anything new. Um, mm. because I remember when I was a when I was a kid, I used to um, you know, I used to buy Barcelona kits, um like Lille kits and things like that, just because I, I loved the look of them and I loved the colours and the style. So, you know, even even back then it was a thing. But I think now it's it's even more of a thing and people are sort of noticing it more because clubs like PSG and sort of Nike are, you know, pushing it and, and promoting it promoting the hell out of it and you know when people are starting to notice and you know and they're making mm-hmm. it look a lot cooler and you know they might not particularly use players to, to put it in you know they'll use them every now and then but they're putting it in a scenario where a certain person is wearing it in the street with you know a pair of jeans or combat pants or in and you know they're styling it very well and and making it look more streetwear than more like sportswear if you get you get what i'm saying so I think mm. I think what PSG are doing, like it's it's great. Like it's it's not just you know they're not just doing it with the Jordan brand, though. That's the thing. It's you know they're doing it with um, say like Hugo Boss and you know yeah. and, and a lot of a lot of other sort of fashion brands, luxury um,
0: stuff like that as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think what what they're doing in particular is probably you know they're pioneering you know what they're doing at, at the moment, and I think. Over time, I think clubs will start start to follow. Um, but to be honest, I think um, like from from my perspective, like I've always bought kits when I was younger because I loved the look mm-hmm. of them. Like fair enough, I'd I'd wear a United kit, but I would never buy like a, another English club kit. Um, yeah. But I'd always look say like you know even Brazilian kits like Sao Paulo and you know and Mexican like kits as well and you know it's 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 one of them i think it's it's always been there but i think now people are starting to take advantage of it and clubs are realizing oh hang on we've actually got something to sort of go off here and we can make this bigger than it is at the minute and you know we can capitalize and and that's why i think football is becoming a lot more like fashion driven Um, and and you know you're seeing kits that are a lot more interesting and you know i won't say wacky because i think wacky is not like a a good (laughs) word but you know uh, you know people are having you know being a bit more imaginative um, having a bit more fun
0: with it yeah
1: yeah but again i think that also comes down to what people want to wear and people these days are willing to stand out from the crowd and be different and have their own style Um, and like you said like you know People are wearing them to festivals and to parties and things like that. Whereas, ten years ago, I don't think people would have done that.
0: Exactly, uh, and, and I think I think that ties into I think the point I was making in terms of I think I think yes, uh, like you mentioned in terms of I think like when you're younger, maybe you when on holiday to Spain or something like that, you might return with like a Barcelona kit or Madrid kit. Yeah. And and I think and I think definitely if I look back to like primary school days, obviously people would get an AC Milan because they really adored and loved, like Kaka for yeah. instance and stuff like that but I think now it's almost like we're seeing, it's almost like, and this is the bit I wanted to get into a little bit, we're almost seeing football clubs become more like Brandon, I feel, I think PSG almost pioneering it, like I remember in 2007 um, going to America and I pretty much barely knew anything about baseball but I knew that going to New York I just had to get my hands on some some new york yankee um gear whether it was a cap whether it was uh whether it was a top and and it's almost like american sports culture has been a big part of that whether you want to look at the yankees or the lakers or the red sox um or the chicago Bulls, like you you go there you have to get that and i was listening to to rio speak when he went to psg and his kids were like listen dad whatever you do just make sure you bring back some of that merch and it's almost like Football's mm. becoming a lot more like that and we're seeing it in terms of obviously recently with like Juventus and Palace. Uh, you're looking yeah. at it in terms of Man City collaborating with uh Faze clan, the the esports yeah. guys and uh, in terms of merch and it's almost like it's a much bigger thing than it than it definitely was, I think, yeah, 10, 15, 20 years ago when you go to Spain and you come back with uh, with a Spanish kit.
1: Yeah, and I think I think Europe or football in general is probably, we're, we're, we're behind in terms of what, you know, the um, brands in, the in, in America yeah. are doing because they're so like, you know, it's all, it's all about the club. It's all about the products. It's, you know, it's all about the players and things like that and, and we sort of capitalise on that. But I think, I think, um, you know, a good example is like, have you recently watched The
0: Last Dance with Michael Jordan? Yes, I did. Yeah. Amazing documentary. Yeah.
1: One of the main things I took out of that was their sort of, their CEO was saying that, you know, we never referred to Chicago Bulls as a club or a team. He always referred to them as a franchise. And I think that's the difference between, you know, their thinking and, you know, Europe and, you know, football in general, that it, it's a club at the minute. Whereas I feel like in terms of PSG, it's becoming more and more of a franchise and a brand. Mm. Um, and I think, like I said, I think slowly football is going to become like that, which is, yeah. you know, it's obviously a good thing anyway because you know it makes it more diverse and you know and a, a lot more interesting global, as well. Yeah, and, yeah, and you're global exactly. Yeah. So, and like I said, Juventus are sort of jumping on that now as well, yeah. um, and there'll be there'll be clubs, you know, in the future he'll do that as well. So, you know, it's just. It's just one of them. I think it's it's a sort of slow process, but but PSG are definitely on the forefront of it in terms of in European football, especially. So um, I just think they'll just they'll just carry on from strength to strength, and you know because by I mean the French league is not the best league. Mm. <laughs> um, I know you'd agree. Um, but yeah, definitely, I definitely do
0: agree. Yeah.
1: So so in terms of. The stature of PSG, they would have never been as big as they are now if they would have just stuck to the football. Just the football,
0: yeah. Um, and I think, but, I think, I think you're right. I think you're right on that as well. Because I was, I was looking at the Deloitte Football Money League the other day, and a big, obviously, that fans probably going to listen to this podcast and think we're speaking about kits, we're speaking about fashion. And I think what people don't realize, especially coming coming out of COVID. Um yeah. probably gonna see a lot of stuff like football clubs are really over reliant on on TV rights money, and we might see it see a thing, having spoken to a few people within uh, within the background in football, we might see a sort yeah. of fall in the amount of money that that these big broadcasters are pouring into football. So what extra yeah. are clubs doing to generate revenue? And I feel like like you mentioned then reading that the Lloyd report. PSG yeah. just absolutely raking it in in terms of merchandising because yeah. of this sort of strategy that they that they're really pushing and driving. And I think Premier League clubs, a lot of them, need to wake up and jump on this jump on this bandwagon in terms of. Yeah. You look at you. Look at a club as big as Man United. They can literally do what PSG are doing and dominate it, especially with yeah. the history that they can play on in terms of the retro feel and their global fan base already. Um, yeah. I think I think there's there's a lot of room to really, really, really jump on, on, on this wave. And yes, maybe to the traditionalists, it's like, no, why is my club becoming like a brand? Because yeah. if you really look at it, our sport football, especially English football, is probably more engaged than typical American sports, where you get casual fans come coming on holiday to America and going to an yeah. NBA game or anything of the sort. But these are the things that really drive Um, like you mentioned, franchises and um, I think for clubs to really generate that level of revenue to invest in the playing squad, invest in um, improving things for fans. uh, I I think it's really important to sort of jump on this wave, really.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, some clubs are doing better than others and a lot of it is, you know, who's behind the scenes and who's driving it. And, you know, like I said, PSG are doing it perfectly, but also I think the foundations, what PSG had, at starting point was also, you know, I've also helped them because culturally they're probably like you know they're probably seen as like a really cool club and you know and the players that they've had in the past and you know people sort of remember them and uh, like say and then probably comparing them to sort of Manchester United, you know people a lot of people probably see them as a bit more traditional club and it'll probably be harder for them to get to where PSG are in terms of. You know the the sort of coolness of the brand and um and of the club, um just because I think of how how they've been and the players they've had and the collaborations they've done and things like that, and you know it'd be quite quite hard for for other clubs to sort of get where they are in such a short space of time, I think as well.
0: No, definitely, and it's come to that point, uh, Matthew, where. It's time to reveal the answers to what the footy are you lying for?
1: Right. Okay. Well, uh, that's let's say. So let's go through the first one. So play football with Rio, um, Rooney, Torres, and Cole, and, nine cab, and uh, on a Ninkad Um You one said that truth. was a lie. You said that. Said that was a lie. Okay. Uh, the Copa del Rey final, the you said that was true.
0: Yeah,
1: I'll uh, give you that one. That's correct. Yes. Uh, and then the last one, I'd say, yeah, had a meeting. I had a meeting with Jurgen Klopp to discuss future designs, and you said that was true. And yeah. uh, that was that was false. False. So, okay. So the first one was true. So I actually did play football with. Uh, those players on Nike advert when it was 18, 19. Um, so yeah, uh, actually had a few interviews um, and auditions uh, to get to get that role. Uh, so basically, it was five-a-side football. And you ever uh, do you remember night five? Yeah. When uh, it was all about five-a-side football, and we did a whole. Um, Range around it and trainers and things like that. So, so yeah. that that was based around that. So, um, it was in Manchester and you know we late night and sort of uh, yeah, just had a kick around with with all them. That's really. that and, is uh, crazy. Surreal. Man. Yeah, a bit surreal, but it was great. So, I mean, the only downside thing downside is that um, you'll find the actual advert on YouTube. But you only mm. see my legs, so I'm a bit good about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about like skills and
0: things, and uh, and obviously about about professional players, which is understandable. So, no, so yeah, that's, uh, that's amazing, man. What a story to tell the grandkids later on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't really like talking about myself
1: that much, but but yeah, <laughs> it's just a nice nice thing to sort of to, to tell people, isn't it? But um, no, but yeah, you've got good. got one right out of the three. So one point is
0: that's one point for me and two points for the guests. Hopefully next week I can uh, go go into the lead. Um, But one question we always like to uh, for our guests to sort of sign out with is: what the footy would you change or like to see in your space? So essentially, what the footy would you like to see happen within the sort of football fashion marketing space? What do you almost feel was really missing, or what needs to really happen, based on our conversation.
1: Um, I think uh, going back, I think a lot of clubs need to sort of look at what PSG are doing as well, and and sort mm. of find their space and you know and their their focus and and sort of drive towards that. Uh, but another thing is football is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and you know fashion is always going to be there. It's always going to influence it, and you know football might be even more on the fashion stage, on catwalks, like PSG do a lot on Paris Fashion Week. And, you know, it's football is going to become even bigger than anything, even though it's the biggest sport in the world. It's, it just shows now that even fashion brands that have never done anything football related are going to to do football kits like Blenciaga did, you know, a football jersey. Um, and it was on, on the catwalk and, um, you know, things like that. Like, football is influencing so much it's just it's crazy and you know we never never would have thought you know how big it it would have been in terms of it like nothing it's nothing to do with the game now which is which is crazy really it's all about what what the player who the player is and what kind of reach they have and like well yeah i mean if i'm you know i'm I tend to sort of go on a lot about when I'm talking about football so if you you need to stop no, nah, like no nah, honestly
0: <laughs> no honestly mate I'm just I'm just listening and learning and just just gaining all these nuggets man but but honestly Matthew it's been an absolute pleasure I've loved almost deep diving into your world understanding obviously the huge role that people like yourself play in terms of having an impact on the game in terms of of h- how it is globally from from obviously players wearing the kits that you designed to um fans wearing on the streets wearing it to festivals wearing it to to raves and it's just been an absolute pleasure and um yeah next week guys i'm going to be joined with rowena we're going to be discussing about the football event calendar and when us fans can finally return stadiums. Guys, make sure to download, subscribe, rate and review and tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's go. What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? I knew some other guys liked me but I didn't know it was to that Imagine extent. being a kid in primary school now as <laughs> a in Powerful people and I think they need to recognise that but then also they need to be represented the Football right way. Sport in general is nothing without fans. Uh, based on your know, one, single source of revenue alone that being the CV. Oh, so well Let's just win this to appease the fan.
1: Is it just us or is this year flying by quicker than usual? At Care.com, you can find trusted, reliable and affordable sitters near you with flexibility that fits your family's ever-changing schedule. And because the best decisions are made with care, 100% of caregivers who use care.com have been background checked with CareCheck, a key first step for families to make strong hiring decisions. This fall, get help with activities, tutoring, drop-offs, pickups, and after school. Sign up now at care.com. Out now in paperback comes This Is What America Looks Like, the inspiring memoir from trailblazing Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Readers will discover her unbelievable journey from refugee to immigrant to one of the first Muslim members of Congress. Her story is a true multidimensional tale of an inspiring woman and all the hopes, disappointments, successes, and surprises that make up the life of an immigrant in America today. Get your copy of This Is What America Looks Like at hc.com slash Ilhan Omar or wherever books are sold. sold.